Hey, this is Greg McAfee, and welcome to The Greg McAfee Show. Now let's get started. And welcome back to The Greg McAfee Show, where we'll discuss steps to a successful entrepreneurship, how to take your business to new heights, and ultimately follow your dreams. And today we're going to be discussing part two of It's Not a Race. And we're talking about growing your business. We're talking about hitting goals. We're talking about um, in your community and your demographics of working your way up the ladder um, from wherever you started. Uh, So just to rehash um, a little bit um, from part one, We talked about uh, growing too fast can cause a lot more risk taking that a lot of people can't handle. And remember, we um, more businesses go out of business because of fast growth than any other topic, even hiring the wrong people. Um, Number two, increased workload and stress. That's what growing too fast can cause an increased workload and stress. It can also cause a loss of quality and it can also cause your cost to soar and you basically can lose control of the business really fast. Um, And then it starts spiraling down um, until a lot of uh, businesses crash and burn. Um, and that's a fact. And that's why I'm talking about that today, because I coach a lot of businesses that uh, they decide they want to grow really fast. And they're trying to keep up with those that are on uh, a social media post that are growing leaps and bounds in a, an extremely hot climate in the United States. And uh, I talked about this in part one, but if you're not in an extremely hot climate, you cannot grow like that. I have never seen it done. And I've talked to uh, people a lot smarter than me and a lot bigger of company than me. And uh, they, they agree uh, that, it, that if you're not in a hot climate, the pace of growth is going to be completely different than if you are. So let's get started here. Uh, remember, it's not a race, and measuring your success by comparing yourself to others is a path to unhappiness and basically defeat, and your life and business is not a race uh, against other people. Uh, it's really hard to be on social media and not compare yourself to other uh, people and other businesses, and uh, we'll just, if if we do that, we'll just com- um Constantly uh, spend money on new trucks, new buildings, and it'll drain your mental energy trying to keep up with the Joneses, per se. And uh, we need to break the comparison cycle because it's a game you'll never win in life or business. And uh, I gave several examples of that in part one, if you want to go back and uh, watch, the, watch that or listen to it either way. So number six on the list of growing too fast will cause um, employees will be confused by your culture. 
And I've said this before and I'll say it again. If you don't know what your culture is, ask your team. They will tell you what your culture is. But you should know what your culture is. You should know what you stand for. You should know how you want things done and how things are actually done. But if you grow too fast, uh, you really need to pause and look at your culture and meet with your team and ask them, ask all of them, one-on-one, do you sense that we've changed lately? Do you sense that maybe we've lost track of quality or service or anything like that? Stay in touch. Keep your hand on the pulse, guys and gals. Keep your hand on the pulse. Need to be asking things like, why are we here? What is the goal? Growth is great, but growing without an aligned culture will hurt more than not hiring enough people. And that's a fact. Growth is great, but growing without an aligned culture will hurt more than not hiring enough people. Think about that. Number seven. Number seven, you don't have um, you don't have systems to manage and support your growth. There are there's a lot of great companies out there. There's a lot of great business people, but remember, remember, folks, most of us were technicians or installers, worked for another company, and we decided to start our own. Some of you had the benefit of going to college, and maybe taking business majoring in business, especially second generation, which we're going to talk about, by the way, next week, um, the success, how to be more successful as a second generation. But very few, and you know, if I give a percentage, I'll be wrong, but very few um, home service businesses are founded by someone with a business degree um, in college. Very, very few. It's it's less a question of whether or not you are growing too quickly and more of a question, do we have systems in place and set up to support our growth? So very few um, founders of businesses have, have had, uh, they started off with very terrible systems, probably only what they knew from the previous company they worked for. And if they were smart, they took classes and they read a lot and maybe took a, a few business uh, college courses. I don't know. Uh, there, there are many ways to do that. There, there are entrepreneurial centers in most bigger cities uh, around the United States. And that's a great way to learn more about running a business. So if you didn't have the systems in place before you started to grow too fast, then I doubt if you're going to have systems in place to manage the growth. Okay, many business uh, many businesses make the mistake of thinking they can wait and build those systems as they grow or when they need them, and that's a big mistake because by the time you need the systems, it's too late to build them. You need to be building the systems before you even get to that growth. You need to be building those procedures and how we do things. If you're doing that at a small level with a one, two, three, four, five, 10, 15, 20, 25 man shop, then when you get to a 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, 200, 500, 1,000, 
then you'll have systems in place to support your growth. Number eight, when you're taking on business, you just can't handle. And as a business owner, I've learned not to take on business that we can't handle. There's a lot of business that we say no to. If it's not, if it's not in our um, expertise, if it's not in our sandbox, if it's not what we do every day, we'll refer it to someone else. And uh, it's just not good for your business to overload your team. Uh, I can tell you a quick story. We had uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna call him John. John was with us ten years. Uh, he was probably in his fifties, and uh, we we had a plan for John. He was uh, an installer, and we had a plan for John. Um, if he would have stuck around for a couple more months, he would have experienced a really good plan for him. Uh, and we had a plan that he would only install uh, humidifiers, air cleaners. We would we would get him out of installing furnaces and air conditioners. He wouldn't have to be in attics. He wouldn't have to be in crawl spaces. And John would basically have had it made. Um, he might have to go around here or there and and oversee something here or there. But he was just going to be an accessory installer. He did a very good job. He was very fast. And he was here. Like I said, he was here ten years. Well, we had extremely hot June for Dayton, Ohio, and we were we were just packed full, and we were trying to make hay while we can, and I probably pushed a little harder. We did more installs that month than we had ever done before, um, but it was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. When you have 95 to 98 degrees in Dayton, Ohio, you take full advantage of it because that's extremely rare. We have a high, we have highs of 90, and those are only for a few days out of the year. So we we took advantage of it and I pushed extremely hard and John quit, just walked off the job. He said, I'm fried, I'm done. And uh, he went and got a job uh, as a maintenance person at a college. So, uh, and I couldn't save him, he was, he was done. So the problem is um, I overloaded my team at the time and this this has been this has probably been 12 15 years ago i overloaded my team because we couldn't handle that kind of growth and i didn't have enough basically manpower for it so a uh, lesson learned um I, I wish john could have just stuck it out you know a little bit more maybe talked to me and said i'm fried give me a day off or something like that but he chose not to do that and I chose to keep pushing hard. So, uh, but it's hard to turn business away. For most entrepreneurs, it's extremely hard to turn business away. We just don't want to lose a customer. We don't want to lose a customer. We don't want to lose a customer to an, uh, a competitor. And we just don't want to lose a customer, period. So we do push hard when the opportunity is there. Um, However, proper planning and staffing are the key to accommodating growth, and that's the bottom line. Um, if you can do those things, you you will uh, you will succeed. And then, lastly, it's super exciting to grow that fast. It really is. We've had little spurts of it from time to time. I think I told you in two thousand and eight, when we were in a recession and everyone was down. Uh, we took advice from a co business coach uh, who was very successful and and taught us to 
don't hunker down. He gave, he gave his suggestions and I ran with it. Don't hunker down. Increase your advertising. Hire more people. Buy new equipment. And let's rock this place. The entire year of 2008, we were up 46%. That's a record high for us. Uh, when, when you're doing 3.5 million a year and you get to go up to around 5.2 million and skip the fours, that's a big deal. Okay. It might not be a big deal for a mega company, but it's a big deal for a small business, uh, making that, making that happen, especially when all your competitors who have been around much longer than you are down for the year and you're up 46%. So that's doing something right. So, but when you're, when the fast growing companies are so excited to work um, until their wheels start coming off the bus, and you get that expression, when the wheels start coming off the bus, Houston, we got a problem, okay? And uh, this happens to most when they reach their certain um, levels of a company that it completely changes. And if I were to say number of employees is when you hit 20 employees, and then when you hit 30 employees, and then when you hit 40 employees. And millions-wise, it could be in sales, it could be 3 million, and then when you hit 5 million, and then when you hit 8 million, and then when you hit 10 million, those are all different. It's all different. It requires more people, it requires um, inside and outside. It requires more people. And anytime you're adding people, you're changing things within your company. And then you have to have more trucks. You have to have maybe more desks, maybe more phones, maybe more managers in place, get them trained, all that good stuff. But it changes the whole picture of your business when you start hitting those numbers. And then 50 employees and 60 and 80 and 100. And again, you know, I've, I've got a good friend that owns a heating and air conditioning company and they've got around 16, 1700 employees. And that is a big, big, big number uh, for most of us when we hear that. Uh, most of us can't get our head around that, and nor should we. Um, if you know, if it, it just depends on what your goals are and where you want to be. But uh, you better believe the dynamics of that business has changed, even from a thousand employees. So here are some indicators uh, when you're growing too fast. Here's uh, here's some key indicators of employees and uh, customers. So when you're growing too fast, like I told you the story about John, it is stressful on your team and uh, many of them will just quit. And we wish they could come to us. We wish they could come to us and talk to us and tell us about their issues. Um, and I don't know why they can't because I'm the kind of person who would. So it's hard for me to understand, but many would just rather shoot you an email and say, I quit, than actually have a face-to-face -face talk and talk things through. And whatever. I mean, what what you can't do much about that. You know, you just you just work through it. 
another thing that happens is there's a lot of gossiping within those companies that are growing too fast, changing too fast, bringing too many new people in too fast, and a lot of gossips going on. And a lot of it's about the owner. A lot of it's about the leadership of the company. And then they feel frustrated. They feel bitter. Uh, they don't. They don't want to work as much. Uh, when we switched to the four four day work week just two months ago, it was the greatest thing we've ever done. Uh, our team uh, right now, where our service techs and maintenance techs and installation team are all on a four day work week. I think I mentioned this before, but our office staff of our customer service team. Uh, and of course, sales team, uh, they did not want to be on the four-day work week. They just wanted an extra day off uh, a month so they could have a three-day weekend. And uh, we accommodated that, and they're also enjoying that. So also, because of the fast growth, that means more hours. And when you start working 12-plus hours a day, um, you're just you're losing people. They're burning out fast, even if they stay with you nowadays it's uh, they're not 100% because they're fried uh, and, they need, and they need some time off. And, and that's what, um, as I interview some of our team that are on the four-day work week, that's the first thing they say is they're actually now saying, thank you, I have more family time, and it is just awesome at home and work. And it's getting to a point where their third day off uh, in that week, uh, they're basically saying they're ready to come back to work. Uh, so that's a good thing. So also, uh, you're going to end up having a lot of customer complaints. Uh, customer Things are not going to be done because you don't have a handle on things when you're growing too fast and things are going to slip through the cracks and people are going to cut corners and they're going to start doing things their way because the procedures and the systems have slipped and you've hired so fast that people are coming in and not knowing your culture, and they're only doing things like they did at the previous company, and it just becomes a huge mess. And you you have uh, customer complaints, um, and then um, you know what worked for what worked for twenty employees will not work for thirty, and will not work for forty. What worked for ten will not work for twenty. What worked for three or four will not work for 20. Okay, so uh, whatever the scenario is. Uh, you know, when I, when I had, I say, I say this often, when I had five or six people, I knew, I knew what was going on, man. I had my hand on that pulse, and I knew what was in every truck. I had our inventory down right here, and I didn't have to have, you know, I didn't have to have, uh, we didn't even have barcoding and all that stuff back then, but... I, I knew what was on. I knew what was there. I knew what we used. But then you get six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and you get more trucks, and you think you know what's on there. And pretty soon, it's you're spiraling out of control until your inventory process is there is no process anymore. It, it's it's done. It's fried, and then you have to regroup with people who know how to run inventory better and all that kind of stuff. So you know what worked for twelve won't work for twenty five. Just remember that. So. I think uh, to wrap it up here, the lesson learned is to right size your company. R I G H T. Right size your company, and that and for you it might be two employees. There's a lot of happy people running a running a service business of two, and they're happy. 
and they're making a good living and they're happy and 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 good for them and there's many are that have 10 there's many that have 12 and 15 and there's many that have a few hundred and they're extremely happy and they've got great systems in place and they're growing steadily and everything's good so it whether you might have 2 or 2000 but choose your craft figure out what you want to do figure out what you want to be better at we're more successful at what we don't do sometimes than what we do because we only do what we do best. So I can tell people, we don't do this. We don't do this. We don't do this. We don't do this. Here's what we do best right here. And it works well for us. And it's not about, well, if you do that job over there, you can make a ton of money. That's not why I'm in business. I'm in business to steadily grow, make a great profit, and do what we do best and treat people well. Just taking on a big job to make more money, is not, it's just not in my sights here. And some people can't understand that, but I do. I understand it fine. And I, and I coach uh, different contractors who feel the same way and good. But if you're, if you're just chasing money, you're going to chase it forever. And also, you shouldn't be just figuring out what you want to do, you need to figure out what God wants you to do because that's the best place to be in. And that's personally, that's exactly where I'm at. I do exactly, I feel I do exactly what God wants me to do and I have peace about it and I sleep well at night and I take care of people. And uh, going back to the marathon, the races that we talked about in part one is run your own race. Get your eyes off the other companies. Do what you do best, and and you'll wake up one day and you'll be ahead of those other companies. That's just how it works. You focus on, if we focus on our own company and keep our eyes on the ball, we will grow at a very healthy pace that we can handle and, and life will be good, okay? No guarantees, but life will be better. Let's say that. Okay, so before we wrap it up here, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to like and subscribe below. And you can also support this podcast by rating and reviewing on iTunes or your preferred listening platform. Keep listening because this helps you sleep better at night. It helps you grow your business in a healthy way. It helps you retain team members It helps you come up with ideas that stick, and it just helps you be an overall better entrepreneur. And who doesn't want to be that? You know, who wants to, who doesn't want to be a better leader? So don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Greg McAfee Show. No spaces or underscores. Be sure to tune in next week where we'll talk about how to succeed as a second generation. And I've had a lot of help with that from second generation people. So I've got a lot of good stuff for that, uh, a lot of good content. So thanks for listening. And as always, carry on and have a great day.